paging Schaefer Hall. A paging Mr. Schaefer Hall. This city is a brothel of exotic chairs. And once you're finally back in the market, uh, you'll notice that each one is desperately trying to seduce you. fallen once again on the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas, and in fact on Austin, Texas itself, on central Austin, on the backyard, on the porch, where here, under the stewardship of the crescent moon and a brightly lit Saturn and a brightly lit Jupiter, we begin another episode of One Magical Hour a Matthew and Shaver podcast spectacular. It is, in fact, episode 116. Not to be confused with 115, like I did several times last week. Episode 116 will feature millions of Matthew's minutiae and some other stuff from Shaver. Maybe a new screws. Uh, going to go back and revisit revisit our discussion of the backbeat and uh, and maybe uh, maybe some other stuff maybe talk uh, talk about uh, former guests on the show who I may or may not have seen perform earlier this evening mm. Mm. but first we'll talk to the pride of Tarzana California he is a Montserrat mistaker and a Martinique mistaker he's Matthew Rampy Shafe wants to leave the glamorous life he don't need. A podcast Shafe wants to lead. The glamorous life without laughs. It ain't much. It ain't much. Do 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 do. Hey, buddy. Hey. Episode one sixteen. It was the episode they never thought would happen. They they just keep ticking by, don't they? People, sweet one sixteen is what they call this. These, usually, these people out here saying they wouldn't last, they won't make a hundred, they won't make a hundred and sixteen. Sweet one sixteen is what they call in the podcast world. They keep raising the numerical ceiling on us because it's so sweet. It's the sweetest. Is that the Cheshire Cat up there? That is the Cheshire Cat is smiling down upon us. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Well, remember, it's funny. You remember a couple weeks ago. I did the introduction talking about the crescent moon and the planets, but I was lying because they were on the other side of the house. Right now, here we are, same same time of night, but they've moved over because you know the as in the movement, the celestial bodies are constantly in motion, and uh, now here in the fall, they it has moved from uh, from dusk being on the eastern horizon on the front side of your house. To dusk finds the moon, the crescent moon, and Saturn and Jupiter. And public transit? Dropping down over the railroad tracks, over the commuter rail in the western sky. It's very exciting. I find that I take uh, I take energy from that, creative energy from the moon. And I, those I, I've always enjoyed the moonlight. I, I have a connection with the moonlight. Have you ever danced in the moonlight? Um, no, 
but I did dance by the light of the moon. <laughs> um, yeah, of course I have. You know I have. Yeah. That was a rhetorical, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. You I mean, there, there, have def, there have been times when, like... We probably danced together in the moonlight, like, so. round tech terrace yeah. way. Right. <laughs> like, I know there's going to be a party later, and I have this problem where I get excited. I get real excited. Have we talked about this before? How did we talk about the fun, fun, fun fest where I got too excited <laughs> and I had to, I didn't prep well. I, I, I get excited and I can't sleep. And there was a particular fun, fun, fun fest where Chris and Lisa came to town and I got too excited and I didn't sleep well. And then I got out there and I started having fun and then I got in a crowd and freaked out. <laughs> and left left the festival went to the train station was like sitting at a bar at the train station and chris was like texting me what happened to you where'd you go thought we were gonna hang i feel like such an idiot but <laughs> i'm glad i have this podcast to talk about it on i i've i've told that story before not that anybody listens that is to the end so but. delightful that is that is so matthew and it's so one of the reasons why but let me say this there have been times when i'm the day is leading up to some kind of do, some kind of uh, soiree, and I'm super stoked, and I kind of wear myself out a little bit, but then the moon will come up, and I feel like the moonlight energizes me. Yeah. Gets, gets me to and through said, give us another word for soiree. A, um, Pachanga? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just like a little neighborhood rave in the industrial estate near just, near Brighton, preferably. There's just so something so unabashedly beautiful and mystical. Everything, you know, is all tied up in that moon. It's a pretty important thing for life on Earth. I understand, you know, like there's some of those theories that's like, well, maybe this life wouldn't have happened in these tide pools and all that. Yeah. They didn't have this little body rotating. Keeping everything keeping everything churning. The push and pull. Yeah. The light in the darkness. I mean, can you imagine if we didn't have that that little orb helping us in the darkness when we were when we were just hunter gatherers? We never would have made it, would we? I don't know, man. And also when you think about the uh, the profound effect that the moon has on the oceans, then you think about the fact that Humans are 98% water, or whatever it is. The moon's got to have a profound effect on us, too. Or tequila. Or whatever whatever would be. Whatever, whatever, whatever your composition <laughs> might be. I, I got to tell you, this this combination of sour Skittles and grapefruit LaCroix is uh, having a profound effect on me. Right? You feel it better? Pepping you up a yeah, little bit? Yeah, it's pepping me up, but it's also kind of giving me the repeats. It's, oh, uh, dear. Okay. It's mixing well, up. slow down. <laughs> slow down. That's a sharing size pack. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's nobody here to share with. Drop a couple of those in my vodka martini here. No, oh, don't. Yeah, could on, just, be, a, just a lemon uh, one. I don't think so. Oh, you're not Only fun. because this is like a perfect martini. I just, I'm really enjoying it. And I, th maybe for uh, maybe for an experiment. Maybe on another podcast, we'll drop a Skittle in a, in a vodka martini and see how that goes. Oh, that the robot beat's perfect for the crescent moon. Yeah, that's a, that's a moonlight beat right there, definitely. Um, we talked a lot about music on the last episode. Remember that whole thing we went down? We were talking about Elton John and... and um, 
that song he did with with Dua Lipa. Did you, did you hear that mm-hmm. song? No, I still haven't listened uh, to it. I forgot. Well, one of the tracks or or one of the samples in there was, was from a song called Where's the Shura by Elton John. <laughs> and I had never heard of this song. Had you heard of that song? No. First thing, let me go on a tangent here, but we got to come back to Where's the Shura, okay? It's um, not Where's the Shura like the wine. No, it's not. Where's the Shura? It, it's not. And and I, let me let me tell let me lay this out for you how it, I was looking at it, okay? okay? Um, first thing, when we talk about Elton John, we're, we're, we're not, we're we're not really talking about Elton John's lyrics. Elton John wrote songs with a a songwriting partner. I'm going to start from the beginning for the younger listeners because younger listeners might not know about this, but the, you know, in the, in history, there's a lot of songwriting duos, Lennon and McCartney. Uh, Elton, Elton John, and Bernie Taupin. Can you think of another one, real quick, on the fly? Uh, how about subs- Keith Richards and would, Mick Jagger? That would substantiate my theory. Um, and Bernie wrote all the lyrics, and um, I love those uh, lyrics of Elton John's. I, I mean, I love Elton John's music and arrangements too, but the lyrics are fantastic, you know. And if you know anything about, I knew, I knew that Bernie wrote for some other people too. But I, uh, I, I'm just I've just pulled up the the wiki page the the list of songs with lyrics by Bernie Taupin, and it has a list and a table and it is vast. It is a you are scrolling and scrolling. You start out in in 1969. Oh wait, can we can we sort by year? Yeah, okay. So we start out in '68. That he wrote a song called "Taking the Sun from My Eyes" by. Ashia, I've never heard of her. Or this next group, Plastic Penny, what's that? No. Nope. Turn to me from the currency album at Plastic Penny. Then you get into Elton, but there are other artists that he wrote songs for. And then you're kind of scrolling and then you're you're scrolling and scrolling and you're just in 1972. It is, it is I, like 98% Elton John. It is. It is mostly Elton John, but it, Rod, there's Rod Stewart. There's Ashia again back in 75. We what, gotta, Rod Stewart we, song? We, we got to look up her. What Rod Stewart song do you write? Let me be your car. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Never. Heard, do you know that song? No. Uh-uh, me neither. So there's a lot of there's I, Elton and Bernie are prolific. <laughs> They're prolific, and so there's so many songs. It's not surprising to me that and I. And then Elton John let Alice Cooper borrow Bernie Taupin for a little while. <laughs> yeah, Al, there's an Alice Cooper album from the inside. And then Bernie must have released some albums too. He's got a he's got some recordings here. That's a great album title. He who rides the tiger. <laughs> do you, do you, <laughs> oh, that's a great title. Yeah, oh, I thought you meant that was a great album. You've never heard that. No, album. I, that's a great yeah name. Melissa for an album. Manchester. We're only at eighty seven here. Bernie Toppin has a record called He Who Rides the Tiger. There's a Olivia Newton John Starship The Burn from the Love Among the Cannibals album. Anyway. Prolific, prolific. Marianne Faithful. Richie Sambora. <laughs> oh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Sick Love from 2016. So we, we've gone, Bernie's been writing songs. <laughs> Bernie has published and recorded songs from 1968 to 2016. He's still alive. Um, I just wanted to let everybody know that, especially, especially the, the youth, does anybody learn anything from one magical hour? <laughs> I, I, I do. I do. 
Um, back to this song, Where's the Shura? By the way, when we play a YouTube video on here, you can hear oh, the, 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 the audio from it. <laughs> um, I'm, I won't play that, this song for you, although I suggest you listen to it. But let me just the lyrics. I'll not put it on the Facebook page. She grows. She's grown like Pampas, tall in the wind. She's sinful and spiteful. She's all girl, woman, and mother. She's had my children, and she's been my lover. No, 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 no. She don't like to fight it. Once you've been bitten, you get excited. My mama, she really likes her. She comes for coffee, and my mama asked me, so where's the shura, she sang. <laughs> I know I hear it again, my friend. Where's the shura? She came upon it, waiting to sing her back. Because she likes to sing about it. Where's the shura, she sang. Over and over, where's the shura, she sang. Now, in my ignorance and in my idea of what Elton was up to for most of the 60s and 70s, immediately I think this is a drug reference. Right? Do you do you are you feeling that? I understand. Yeah, now that yeah. you mention it, yeah. Yeah, it seems like cocaine, <laughs> shura, and, and then when you read the when you read the lyrics again, once you've been bitten, you get excited. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Okay, sure. And I'm you're coming back, that. waiting to sing her back. Sinful and spiteful. Uh huh. Um, but it also could be talking about a. Uh, but then when a particularly. I, uh, a particularly lasciviously attractive woman. I, I did a little more curves, internet like the digging. Pampas. Meaning. What is Pampas? Pampas, like, isn't that like the... It's like a... I think it's like the Spanish word for plains. Like the Great okay. Plains. Uh -huh. The Pampas. This is not... Pampas. Pampas? Well, I, I couldn't find anything do I on Pampas. Funny? I couldn't. You do. I couldn't <laughs> find anything on the interwebs that would substantiate my thought about it. But I, I had found an article which I'm struggling to pull up right now that shura is from the Hebrew. It means like a like a a lyrical prayer. So maybe it has deeper meaning and, okay. more, and more like Maybe. and more like um you know something more poetic than what i thought was just like a veiled drug reference but all right you ready for this the yeah. pompous uh from the quechua word pampa meaning plain our fertile south american lowlands that cover one thousand one million two hundred thousand square kilometers the Argentine provinces, Buenos Aires, La Pampa, Santa Fe. Yeah, it's a vast, it's a region, a vast region of natural plains. South America, right? <laughs> from where cocaina comes from. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Not that it's from the plains of, of Argentina or Chile. It's... You all ready for this? Yeah. Pampas. Okay, you said it exactly right. The, the robot interwebs confirmed. Pampas. Get it to read Facun again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my... Uh, oh, and one other thing about that song. I did look into the Australian trio, dance music trio that produced the song. Second. <laughs> It, now that's that. 
Yeah, both of us had alternate pronunciations of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, P-N-A-U, <laughs> P-N-A-U, which we speculated on how to pronounce that, is indeed like Panow. Panow. It's like the sound of a gunshot. Pow! 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 So I checked into that for everybody. So good to know. Uh, I love it when the program is. It, I love it when the program is mostly corrections <laughs> from the previous episode. Just like the whole first section, or just you know, fine tuning. I find that we scra- scratch the surface of something when we're riffing here and then it requires more an in-depth look later partially at the partially at the at the critical and helpful eye of of brian benitez Mm -hmm. who who is doing an excellent job as our executive fact checker he's yeah he's been doing a good job weighing in lately uh something that we were discussing that i just needed a little more time to think about is the backbeat Okay. Yeah, because you said you were just in your car. Yeah. But right before you <laughs> came in, I was just you know yeah that's when I learned it yeah and so you know it's one of those things where definitely after sleep and after a shower you know the percolating in my head the key is definitely you know they say it's you know like on the two and the four uh, you know it's where the second beat is emphasized and the key for me was when they said you know that uh, church music is more on the one and the three and, you know, the, the down and dirty R&B rock and roll music is on the two and the four. And then I started, I started thinking about classical music and I started kind of moving my body. Think about classical music, like particularly the stuff that's meant to glorify God. You know, you have your, you have your like, dun, 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 dun. And what does that make you want to do? Dun, 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 dun. Makes Wait, you want to put Carmina Barona? Put your hands up in the air, yeah. yeah. Or or even like a da 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 mm-hmm. putting your hands up in the air. Mm-hmm. It's mostly focusing in in praise, right? Yeah. Hands going in the air. Now put it on the backbeat and say do like a now what's your body doing? Getting love. You're moving downstairs. Yeah. yeah. Just like the Yin Yang Twins told you. Yeah. Love. Little John. And, and so, yeah, as opposed to focusing on your arms and lifting them up, you're focusing on your legs and you're moving those hips around. Moving the hips. And that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's, then, then, you're, then my friend, you're rocking and rolling. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. That I really got a much more visceral understanding of the backbeat and backbeat, why, and why it's important. You know, I grew up my grandparents very Baptist. Because without moving around our lower bodies, none of us would be born. You know, have that's been right. Conceived and born, life wouldn't exist on Earth. Yeah, we we were just talking about this this week, my wife and I, and um, you know, the the Baptists are known for. Uh, banning dancing, yeah, ver- yeah. verboten, <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, I've seen Footloose, yeah. And I remember, like, there's a town in Texas that, like, they had that no, no dancing by decree of law. <laughs> um, strange life. And I, I, you know, there's dancing in the Bible, and um, 
I remember asking my grandparents, you know, what? How come we don't dance? And uh, the, the answer was, you know, don't know uh, how. No, no, good, good, good guess though. Whoa. That was not the answer. Um, it was that dancing leads to other things. Yeah, well, yeah. Dancing leads to other things. Drink, and there drug, ain't no and, doubt about that. And that other thing, uh, get low. So, wow. Yeah, I'm glad we. I'm glad we went back to the backbeat. Back to the backbeat. Back to the hotel. Remember back that song? Back to, to the, the back. hotel. I was hotel, ta- motel, holiday. No, that that, the- that wasn't it. Um, the show. You, you don't the after party the hotel. I was recently talking. It was but it was by In Too Deep. I knew it was like a, a one hit wonder. Um, Oh come on! Oh, that's not. Like that, that's not. You can't, you can't do that. Yeah, there you go. I was talking. Oh. I was talking to a youngster the other day, one Johnny Bahama, and I I made some reference to this song, and uh, the song came out in like well, I don't know where it's uploaded, but it came out in like. Is that an older song? Yes, yes, that is some kind of sample, which. And I know you're yelling at the at the podcast going, telling us what the sample is. Right, I mean, need it. Where's that sample from? Well, let's look that up. Yeah, I'll do it right now. Okay. Um, it's, just, it's just funny getting to... This is a real Uncle Rico talking about the old days. Um, oh, this is, this is White Rappers. I love it. Um, it's funny having all these cultural touchstones that like nobody else is familiar with that you're around all of a sudden and these vast swaths of time that you know just before before the youngsters came around I knew that this would be fruitful in too deep back to the hotel better write that on the show sheet so we remember when we talked about that oh what so? What song is that? I am so glad we looked this up. This is the song is called "Darkest Light," and it's by Lafayette Afro Rock Band. Oh, that and, and that's why this song is so good. Is that? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is sweet. Oh yeah. That's going on the uh, that's going on the bar playlist right now. Back to the hotel. No, Lafayette. <laughs> I know, of course. Um, this, this cast is this cast is pretty free and loose. Um, 1972. What I'm experiencing with the podcast is that when you start a podcast given time, say about a hundred episodes, yeah, it really starts to build on itself. Oh, no doubt. You spend, if somebody comes to me and goes, what's it like to, to, to start a podcast? How do you start a podcast? I say, well, you spend about a hundred episodes figuring out what you're going to talk about, <laughs> establishing your voice, and then you begin your podcast. 
We should make shirts that say "Life Begins at 101." <laughs> Life Begins at Episode 116. It's amazing how really anything in life kind of builds on itself. You know? Yeah, of course. Your education, your experience in general, back to the hotel, and and having a memory of that, and the Holiday Inn. What's your craziest hotel memory? Hotel or motel memory? Should we put a pin in this one? And craziest hotel memory. It seems like you've got yours. Let's do in it. The I honestly, I was thinking I could, I could come up with one on the fly, but I don't know that I could really honestly say that it's my craziest. Why don't we put a pin in this one? Why don't we do the uh, hotel episode, guys? Uh, one magical ovation. You get at us. Tell us your craziest hotel memory. We'll come up with ours, and we'll do a full hotel episode. And we'll play that song, Hotel, Motel, Holiday Inn. Uh, but it's like something about hotels, right? Like I love hotels. They just like, and they lend themselves to fun and getting weird, uh, doing things you yeah, might not necessarily yeah, do at home, you know? Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy hotels. Maybe less so as I get older. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm real critical. I was just talking today. Yeah, you want to sleep to, in your own bed, to right? John, to John Pope about a hotel experience. Uh, TCU is playing tech right now. I wonder how that game's going. Uh, and two years ago, same game, TCU is in Lubbock to play tech. And I'm going up there to see my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, couldn't find a good hotel for me and the kids. So I just kind of settled on one in a neighborhood that I used to live in, you know. And I thought, this is probably fine. You know, mm-hmm. it's not... It's not the nicest hotel. I can't, I can't for the life of me remember what it was. Um, would you care to make a prediction about how the game's going? I I would predict that TCU is is giving them heck. TCU is giving it to them. Yeah. Indeed. 45 yeah, that, to 23. Yeah, that would be my... Um, no, that hotel was... Yeah, that hotel's right here. The quality suites, <laughs> the quality suites. It's basically at Slide in the Loop in Lubbock, Texas. Um, it shares a parking lot with the Golden Corral buffet and grill. Um, I thought, you know, is that old school? Let's 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 see some photos from that hotel. Can we can we click on that hotel and get some Google photos? Um, I mean, it's is got, the Lubbock Inn still there on Nineteenth and like Nineteenth and in Indiana or whatever, Nineteenth and you know that old school place. That place had an awesome bar. I, oh yeah, with like floor to ceiling, with like dark green carpet and floor to ceiling mirrors. And so we used to like to go there every now and then. And then you know what? It turned out that that was that was Ann and Steve Cryer's secret place. That they would, yeah, we, to... we went them there one night. We're like, What you like to hang out here? Like, we like to hang out here too. That's funny. <laughs> well, this is not that kind of mystique or mistake or kind of kind of hotel. This is kind of a bare bones, the quality suites. So, we we go, we see my dad, we have some local pizza. I won't name the mm. place, and then, um, it wasn't we, we checked, it wasn't one guy, it was, no, it was, a, it was a national chain. Um, we Check into the hotel, and it's gnarly, dude. Like, the room is not clean, and it looks like it had been 
you know, partied in and whatnot. And, um, but I think, well, we're just going to stay a couple nights here and I'll be Mm -hmm. out all day tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. it's just, we're just sleeping here and we settle in to some less than clean sheets Uh and get the kids to sleep. It's just me and the kids. Amy is not with us. And at 2 a.m., Isabel wakes up and starts throwing up Mm. and then proceeds to throw up all night. And then in the morning, it's like, we're sick. And then my dad and stepmom weren't super helpful. And Uh. I was trapped in this hotel with my my very young son. We definitely discussed this on this very podcast. Did we? Did we not? Yeah. We're retreading things. It's just like Therese Company. Somebody cancel us. But uh, (laughs) that is one of... I haven't stayed in a ton of hotels recently. Well, we we did do a little traveling this summer, but that was this hotel experience that I'll never forget for sure. And then when you say your craziest experience at a hotel, I think back to in fifth grade, fifth and sixth grade, I would come to Austin for future problem solving competitions. Uh-huh. And we stayed in a number of came like three years in a row and we stayed in a, a few hotels that are still here. I drive by them all, all the time. And had a great fun as a kid coming down here. The, the best one was um, the, the I, I think it's a Hilton in the parking lot of the old mall, of the old Highland Mall here. Oh, nice. And that part of the joy of coming to Austin was going to, going to the Highland Mall with the kids from school and then just getting let loose in the mall. And uh-huh. there was a two-story mall because in Lubbock, it's all on the same level. Yeah, you're right. That's one story. Um, those were some good times in a hotel. I do remember. I remember I used to throw up as a kid all the time. Like uh-huh. I guess a little like Isabel. She had a little stomach bug, you know. Uh, you know, here comes public transit. Mm. You know, Dickie when he was a kid, Dickie had a problem with his pyloric valve that caused. Oh yeah, uh, constant barfing. Yeah. I just had a nervous stomach. I think mm. if we would go to a restaurant especially a cafeteria where there's a lot of different kinds of food being cooked. I would eat my food and then I would be smelling all the different foods and it would make, I would have to go wait outside for my family all the time. Uh, I'm really, really disappointed to report this, but it looks like that, that vintage hotel with that awesome old bar that I think it's all been torn down. Yeah. That was all in the, um, yeah, Lovick's done changed, man. <laughs> um, back to the show sheet. You know, we were speculating about our loss of Indian listeners. Have you ever tried to download Ghana? No. Maybe we should look into that. Uh. Maybe somehow we can get Ghana and and affect. The outcome. Maybe maybe if we get us and our friends to download us from Ghana a bunch of different times on a bunch of different devices. Uh, we should make marketing materials that say, download us. You don't even have to listen. Yeah. I, uh, I, I you know, you asked me. Are you the, doing show stuff on your phone over there? Yes. Or are you just, are you bored and you're just playing on your no, phone? I'm trying to find photos of this old hotel on 19th Street. I was hoping to find a hotel. 19th and in Indiana? Thereabouts, yeah. It was or like Avenue Q. No, it was closer to, 
it was further west of Indiana. Like, like right there, like you know where the near the kettle. Yeah, like where, where there was the, the billiards place. Where the ra- where the railroad tracks. Yeah, kind of right there. Yeah. 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 And it had like a concrete awning and it was kind of a low kind of glass building. Okay. And I want to uh, say it said Lubbock Inn. Maybe it was the Lubbock Inn. And that bar was on the second floor and it looked out over the thing. You could just see like these expansive views, you know, because if you just get on the second floor in Lubbock, you're looking yeah. a long direction yeah, and everywhere. Awesome. Have you ever been up in the Lubbock Club? No, I never have. It's at the top of one of those taller buildings downtown. Oh, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. You know, they refurbished a hotel down there. That would be the place to stay, I think. They refurbished an old downtown hotel. That well, made it real nice. Let me tell you, any place is a place to stay besides the quality suites. <laughs> quality suites that slide in the loop. Really rough. She threw up all day, man. I'm very all sorry. All day. You that, and we friend. were just trapped there in this shitty, shitty hotel. Um, that, was one of, that was one of those experiences where... You're like, eh, maybe you don't like hotels so much. <laughs> I find my combination of pillows and the firmness of my mattress, and it's all so important to me. You mean your home setup? Yeah. Yeah. I it's I like a a really thin pillow for my head. You know, mm-hmm. I like I don't sleep on a thing that like holds my head way up yeah or that my head sinks down into and then almost every hotel has like these big, giant big, big, poofy yeah. pillows yeah very difficult now it's also difficult to sleep in a hotel the four of us together and oh, me and my wife I, drawing straws <laughs> on which kids you're going to sleep with <laughs> they, and they've, at different times in their development they've they've been especially difficult to sleep who's with. currently the preferred well, Isabel is much easier to sleep with now. Gr- yeah. Griffin's still like, he'll like get up right next to you and then turn at a T. You're like, you'll be, <laughs> you'll be the correct position. And then he's perpendicular to the bed and he's just got his head on you. He moves around a lot. Yeah. And then for a while he was grinding his teeth at night. Oh no. It sounded like two dolphins, two dried dolphins being rubbed together. <laughs> Wait, your laugh was like a dolphin. Two dry dolphins. Two imagine two dry together. dolphins being that rubbed is together. Horrible. Yeah, oh that was, was an awful sound. Wow. Um Yeah, good times. Uh we've we're totally off the show. Oh, you know what? You know what I wanted to talk about? This is This is Matthew's minutia. The minutia. Yeah. Triple down, a million, a million, this isn't, this isn't actually minutia because this, it's a little more cerebral. Okay. This this is, uh, Matthew's meanderings, (laughs) uh, which is like basically what the podcast is. I mean, Matthew and Schaefer, Matthew and Schaefer's meanderings. (laughs) Schaefer, don't you love an exciting exposition of a book or a movie? Do we need to do a quick yows here and just make sure everybody's on the same page with the word exposition? The exposition is the comprehensive description and explanation of an idea or theory, or it's the it's really the start of a story. Yeah. Right? It's it's setting the story up. Yeah. And I find that novelists and movie makers, most of them 
are really great at an exposition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then middle become tougher. Second act is tougher. And then we all know, and it's well chronicled here, a good ending is tough. Oh, yeah. That's the hardest. Yeah. Uh, but do you th- is, what specifically has you thinking about great expositions now? Did something? Well, it was the Doogie House, the Doogie ah. Kamehameha MD show. Like the the I haven't even watched another episode, but the exposition was great. Yeah. I, but I, I've been vexed by this for a long time. Do you find that you like it when it's very subtly done, or? You like it no. when it's carefully all laid out, you know. I love it. I love when an exposition is just like it's an exciting opening of pages and it's a page turner and, yeah. and you're like everything is coming to everything's coalescing for this story. Movies are so great at like really like drawing you in at first. Yeah. And then movies are of varying quality of the middle you get lost in the middle sometimes yeah a lot of time yeah and then just tying it up in a bow seems to be a real bugaboo for storytellers well i'm really big on this you know why i think that it's so hard because ends do not exist in real life Uh, in real life whether whether everybody dies or everybody you know life keeps going right there's no such thing as an ending shit and so it's always going to seem fictitious because it, it seems it's contrived. Not a real thing. Yeah. The other stuff there is. There are beginnings. Beginnings do exist in life. Uh, middle, middle. Uh, you know, plot does narrative happen happens in life. You know. Is this why we love sequels? Uh, you know, I think it's why we are inclined to make sequels. Yeah, definitely. And, and we love. Um, my mind goes right to Star Wars. How. We've we've stri- we we've stri- we've pulled that back and stretched it in so many ways. My brain, I swear, my brain like sees the end coming and like turns it off. Like, like, uh, is that why you fall asleep at the theater? I mean, <laughs> like, I think of like books like like Stephen King's Dark Tower series. Okay, like I'm not familiar with. I like, mean, I know of it. Eight books, thousands and thousands of pages. I loved reading every sentence until. The second half of the last book, and then I was like, "Oh, here we go! This is going to be another idiotic ending attempt to wrap everything up in a nice bow, and it's not going to make any sense." And Stephen King, I think, knows, understands this, and that's why he'll just have like a crazy alien space spider come out of nowhere and kill everybody. <laughs> it's like, why not? That yeah. just makes as much sense as any other, you know, another ending, you know. I like, like, I think in the most perfect ending, if it were like a cop show, like if it, if it cut to like the insurance adjuster, like trying to f- clean up after all the, you know, mess that the cops leave behind, <laughs> like, where's all this, who's going to pay for all this? You know, that that's, you know, we should reach out to some of our movie buff friends and, and ask them or ask our, our one magical universe right now. Um, what, what are, what are some good movies with some great endings? No, and, and let me ask you this real quick. Does a good ending, does that help? Does that vault that movie into like that, that award territory? Like, like maybe we revere a movie better when it does have a better ending. Now, um, 
Now, some great endings are to, like certain J.D. Salinger short stories. Can you think of a move? Can you think of a story right now that has a great ending? Yeah. Well, what, what jumps to your mind? What's the like? I was just like, like the, there's the one J.D. Salinger story that ends like, like with this almost non sequitur. It was like 13 years later, it took her three weeks to dispose of a baby bird she found in her backyard. You know, like something oh. very like, and it was like, oh, you know, it's talking about just like the anguish of the soul or whatever it is. However, now that you mentioned it, that new movie, Card Counter, the Paul Schrader movie with uh, Oscar, what's his name? Uh, super good movie, uh, which I shouldn't give away any like spoilers here. You should see this movie. Very, uh, very intense, very, uh, very intense uh, melodrama about this guy who was involved in like the torturing of terrorists at Gitmo and Guantanamo or whatever. And like... Had all you know has all this like baggage wrapped up, but that movie ends awesomely, like with like, um, like him like touching. I can't I can't tell you. Okay, that is a great ending. Me. Okay, yeah. My mind jumps right to No Country for Old Men. Oh, which ends with the. Uh, who's the the main lawman in that movie. Uh, Was it Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, Tommy Lee, the Tommy Lee Jones character. People going places, public transit. Um, you know, it's it ends with him kind of... There's, there's not an ending, you know? Like, this, this psychopath does these things, and then he, you know he kind of does his job, but there's no, there's no resolution for him. Mm. You know, there's no easy answer. It's, he, he has that little speech about, he, he sees his dad in a dream. It's very um, existential. I, I find that the, the best endings are, and this supports your, your theory. They're existential. They, they, there's no resolution. Mm -hmm. There's no happy ending necessarily. There, there could be. It, it could work out okay, but, but in the end, it's on to the next thing. Now, it's on to the next part of life for the for him. It also depends on what style of movie you're trying to make. Like I love a good race to the airport rom com ending, where they get together at the yeah. end. Okay, but that's again. Just a new beginning. Also a beginning, yeah. Huh, maybe that's the key. A great ending is just a new beginning. Like, all-time favorite movie? Moonstruck, you know, ends with, you know, him proposing to her in uh, in the kitchen in her mother's, in her father's house. Okay, uh-huh. Uh, also a new beginning. Uh, another favorite, Joe versus the Volcano. That well, with well chronicled here. Them getting launched out of the volcano, and uh, of course they they float to the surface, and uh, the island sinks, and then his trunks float up. Oh yeah, uh huh. So that was that was great stuff. Huh. Uh, that new show, The Foundation. Uh, yeah. Based on Isaac Asimov. The Werepossum was talking about that the other day. Oh, yeah, he's excited that, about by it. By the way, George Lucas stole all the ideas from that. 
Uh, I, I have no doubt. <laughs> like uh -oh. the main, the second part of the thing, there's the, the main character is Han something, and he's a smuggler, and uh -huh. Uh -huh. and funny. there's a whole like um, there's there's this planet that's obviously like Coruscant. Anyway, cool. uh, Foundation came before Coruscant is like in Star Wars. That's where the Galactic Council meets. Oh, gotcha. Okay, you know, it's like the the every alien planet. Um, I haven't seen Foundation. I just I watched like the first ten minutes of the first episode. Uh, it looks awesome. Yeah. It looks great. Um, but the guy who sells Joe the trunks in Joe versus Volcano, remember the really weird guy? You know, but you live to be a thousand years old. Yeah. He's in it. Okay, so you're like, I'm he, sold. He plays a weird small role. Huh. Um, but I was just excited to see him. That is fucking fun as hell. Need to edit that out. <laughs> nah. Um. Oh, the, I, on TBTL the other day. This is the last. This is the last part of this podcast. <laughs> There's this, this and find. Let's do a poem. Um. Do you have a poem? I can find a poem definitely. I, on TBTL the other day, they played this drop of Mark Marin. And he goes, I can understand why people like podcasts. They just never fit into my day. <laughs> uh, which, I, is, which is what happens to some beloved listeners who leave and come back. You know, any if you just if you drive around a car and you don't have kids, that's that's an important caveat. My, I feel like my job changed. I had been doing a job where I was alone doing, especially when you're doing stuff. visual work, yeah. you can totally listen to something and be yeah. moving stuff around in Illustrator and Photoshop all day. Um, but when you're doing other stuff, it's a little more, yeah, it's just harder to just put on a podcast. I still like, I'm not listening to many podcasts right now. Since I've been living with my brother's family, I don't do as much like puttering on the kitchen listening to podcasts as I used to. I don't do as much playing video games and listening to podcasts as I used to because I don't really do either of those things. You know, I'll like unload the dishwasher, load the dishwasher very quickly, but I'm not putting a podcast on and cleaning the whole kitchen. Oh, play video games and listen to podcasts. Oh, so much fun. Oh, That's the best. Okay, sure. Like, like grind, like, especially if it's like an RPG where you got to like level up a character by yeah. like grinding. Yeah. Then putting on a podcast podcast is so much fun. Huh. Uh, but uh, but I still keep up with my podcast just in the car. Mm. You know, yeah, just the driving, all the crazy little driving around that you got to do in everyday life. Like, yeah. it's possible to. Uh, once again, as long as you don't have kids, where you got to like put on, you know, children's folk rock in order just to shut them up. Right. Or, well, like I said, we listen to pop music now. Yeah, that's fun. Well, top forty radio is our thing. That's fun. Um, well, we need a poem. That's it. That's all I got. I, I had all those completely trivial topics. Uh, next week, we'll come back to the, my new story about the, uh, the British playboy who stole all of the Khmer Rouge artifacts. Pre-promotion. British playboy steals Khmer Rouge artifacts. So much. It was good stuff. Excellent exposition. Crappy ending. <laughs> Film it to 11. <laughs> My mom texted, does anybody see the 
moon right now with the two planets. Oh, we're seeing it. We were just talking about it. Okay. Is that the poem? What's that called? Is that an Ada Lamont? (laughs) (laughs) Schaefer Hall. Mm. One more correction. At the end of last episode, I said that the new season of SNL starts on October 23rd. I was completely wrong. (laughs) It was indeed October 2nd, the day we were talking about it. I... um, did you watch any of it? I did. Didn't I text you? Any good stuff? Yeah. You might have texted me. It what, was, it was Owen Wilson? It was Owen Wilson. Oh, they had the, like, bozos in space thing, right? I didn't see that, but um, what I did see was, was very funny. Owen Wilson, friend of the show, I'd like to think. Yeah. Could be a listener someday on a long enough timeline. We should watch Foundation and see if that's going to happen in the future. How about Fireman's Lift for, for my friend Anthony Gaudio? Anthony Gaudio is a volunteer fireman in Rockland County, New York. Yes. Great dude. Sounds like there's some verisimilitude there. Fireman's Lift. Yeah. Anthony Gaudio, just the biggest Italian grease ball uh, you ever saw in your life. Sounds like <laughs> the real deal. We would sit, we'd be on road trips or something, and just like me and Anthony just sitting around, and me like getting him wound up, just taking doing that Italian accent. Anthony Gaudio, volunteer fireman, grew up working in his grandmother's Italian kitchen wow. in <laughs> suburban New York where's City. Where's the friggin' where's Gabagoo? And we would just, just like, I would just be laughing like to tears, crying, laughing, just getting him uh, rolling with that, uh, with that Italian accent. Fireman's lift for Anthony Gaudio. Everyone needs a lift. Sometimes a great lift finds us free and easy, and it's a great lift to know you're around. Sometimes we find we are miles away, and a lift is all we have. Big America lifted me up, and you are Big America too. Sometimes a lift is all we can do. Sometimes a lift is all we needed. Sometimes lifting is magically achieved miles and months away. Love that. Just thinking about my friend, and it lifted me up. Yeah, that's awesome. I was thinking about one magical universe when they were lifting me up, but they should that's still for, that's for you, take a second and review big, us on Apple Podcasts. Big Italian grease ball walking around with Bejeweled hanging out. Hey, we some freaking gotta go. There are so many Italian words I'd like to say, but I don't want to be accused of. Uh, Did I tell you that last cultural week, appropriation? We literally almost ran out of Gabagool, and I had to call Brian Savins, our distributor, and say, "Hey, where's the freaking Gabagool?" Well, I I saw it on the news. <laughs> I, I, the Gabagool shortage. I, mean, I know. Not, I, I knew about your whole situation from the local news. <laughs> Supply chain. Yeah. Gabagool. We love you all. Join us again for the episode that they thought would never happen. One seventeen. One seventeen. Email us your email us your uh, your hotel experience. Your craziest hotel. Craziest experience. hotel. Craziest experience. motel experience. We also we need to email Alex about that because we got to talk to him next time. We, yeah, yeah. we have failed again to set up. Oh, and I'm out of town next weekend. That's it's all fakakta. All right. Well, so we're gonna have to do like a Thursday night. We're or gonna something. figure it out. I don't know. All right. We we love you. It is it is fakakta. Actually. That's perfect because I'm out of town next week. Perfecto. So, hey, there might be a little 
break in service, but nobody will ever know because nobody listens to the end. <laughs> we love you all. Remember, out there making poor choices. Wait, wait, let me try it again. The sweeter hey, is the one. Hey, hey, making some poor choices. You got other poor choices. You got other sweeter wine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to the Italian American community. Uh, we also got to talk about Brian Kroll next week. Oh, yeah. We love you.